Whether you're the casual hockey observer or the epitome of a rabid Hawks fan, Blackhawks Live answers all your questions. You know, they obviously turned up the heat on us, and uh, we just kind of clammed up. Uh, I didn't think we were moving our feet. Joe Brand delivers the news, notes, and everyday gossip from the Madhouse on Madison. Here's Joe Brand. Today ended up turning into quite an eventful day at Fifth Third Arena with the Blackhawks practice. Had a nice off day yesterday and then back to work today as the Hawks gear up for a home matchup against the San Jose Sharks Tuesday evening at the United Center. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN. Our producer is Jack Heinrich. We'll talk with Colin Blackwell after the 730 news. What a surgence he has had this year after dealing with so much adversity, having to go undergo sports hernia surgery towards the end of last season, cut his year short, had to miss out during the summer. He did get married over the summer, definitely a bright spot for him. But then once he thought he was going to get back and ready for training camp, had a setback, had to wait out a little bit longer, then a little bit more. Then he didn't even return to the NHL until December, but came out with a bang and has continued that type of play since returning to the NHL. Just has totally not taken for granted his opportunity this season and has seemed to be a, a totally different player. We talked to him a little bit about that. If, if that injury was maybe a little bit more significant than he thought at the time because he's playing on such another level, but he says that that's basically the work ethic he's had his entire life, and that's what's allowed him to get to the NHL and continue in the NHL, even though it started off as a just a contract in the AHL. Worked his way up. I mean, if that doesn't scream Chicago mentality, hardworking, blue-collar type of player, I don't know what will. Speaking of hardworking, Connor Bedard back on the ice today. First time we've seen him since going down against the New Jersey Devils a couple of weeks ago and suffering a broken jaw. Underwent successful surgery last Monday, so the timeline is remaining the same. That's what head coach Luke Richardson said today. So now it's in between five and seven weeks for Bedard's return, but just great to see him out there. He was out on the ice after practice with Nick Foligno and Sam Savoy. Savoy is one of the Blackhawks' prospects who's been rehabbing with the team, kind of a cool situation for him because he had to deal with the broken femur during training camp, and he actually got traded in his Quebec League team, so he's going to a more competitive team and juniors, and he's now able to rehab with an NHL club with all their luxuries and, and that type of competition, and now he's spending time on the ice with Nick Felino and Connor Bedard, not too bad, but Bedard's return today just kind of reminded me of, oh yeah, this is the type of attention this kid brings. This is the type of just awareness from everyone at the facility. It was another good turnout today. Obviously a lot of people off for Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday and a good turnout, but everyone was hanging around during practice. And then once Bedard took the ice, Everyone just kind of stopped and turned and watched and took out their phones. And the media included, me included. I mean, right before Luke Richardson was ready to talk to the media, all the TV stations were getting their cameras set up, and then you just kind of heard them was, oh, Bedard's are there. Bedard's on the ice. Yeah, yeah, go, go over there. So they had to 
take the cameras off the tripods and go get footage of Bedard. I mean, he's only been out for a little less than two weeks, and that's the type of appeal he still gets. It it just, even though it's only been a few games, you kind of forget what type of impact he has. And I, I still am a little curious of how it will affect him moving forward. Again, I, I have nothing to lead me to believe that he might be a little gun-shy out on the ice after this, but he's 18 years old, so you just you never know, right? But with the type of confidence he came into the NHL with, how quickly it translated, how quickly he found his groove, found his game, and even there were so many questions about the physicality that he would have to endure when he first entered the NHL, and he, he did that just fine. Got knocked around a little bit here and there. Obviously, the injury is a significant one, but did a pretty good job of absorbing hits, being a little physical on his own. And then, of course, he's got the defense, Nick Felino going right after Brendan Smith after the hit. Maybe not right after, but you knew it was coming. Speaking of Nick Felino, him signing a two-year extension with the Hawks just seems to be fantastic news. $9 million. We talked with Troy Murray in the pregame show before Saturday's loss against Dallas. And he brought up a good point, that Nick Foligno has not won a Stanley Cup yet. And he's probably, I think he would agree with this, he's on the back nine of his career. Not saying that he's you know, running out of time. He's still a very impactful player, and clearly the Hawks think so too. But there's probably a lot of destinations he could and should and would like to go to. But he and the Blackhawks chose each other. Even though the Hawks are still in a rebuild. This is only year two of a rebuild. I thought Nick Foligno had a really good answer about where the Hawks are now and how he doesn't want that to identify how they can be a winning team. He he brought up how you know he was on the Boston Bruins last year. An NHL record regular season that flamed out in the first round of the playoffs. And he said he's been on teams that have exceeded expectations and all of a sudden could be cup contenders. So he understands that winning in the NHL isn't so black and white, but he also understands what the Hawks are trying to accomplish right now. And as Troy and I were talking on the pregame show, you know, maybe he's setting himself up for after his playing career. Who knows if he'll be done after those two years or not. I think in a perfect world, he continues to help the Hawks, continues to help grow a lot of these young guys, and then maybe he sticks around a little bit more. Maybe he goes to a front office position, maybe a coaching position, maybe he does the Chris Kunitz route, maybe media. He's really good at it, and he's going to be available a lot more for the rest of the year. Always has good answers, always knows the right thing to say. Could he be the next Blackhawks captain, though? I know a lot of fans would like to see that. Here's what he had to say about if he's thought about becoming the Blackhawks' next captain. No. I mean, obviously it's a great honor, but I never, I've worn that letter, and I am who I am and have always been that way for as long as I can remember. So I don't really get too caught up in that. It's, it's a tremendous honor, and, and the captain that's come before me is, uh, I think he's worn it better than anyone in a lot of ways. So, and Jonathan Taze or any guy that would ever put this the C on, is, is it's such a storied franchise, and I think any guy would be honored to wear it, but 
that's not why you know you're coming here you're coming here just to make a difference and if if it's organically put on you or whoever rises to the occasion that's great that's the guy you want to lead and go with but for us i think we're still trying to find our leadership group and and who's going to make that push and but yeah it's uh it's something that you know i take a lot of pride in and and being a voice in that room but so do a lot of other guys in there and there's a lot of guys worthy of it like i said always knows the right thing to say would he like to be the blackhawks captain sure of course he would who wouldn't Will he? I I really don't know. Again, I I know fans would like it. I know fans have kind of been clamoring for it even before the extension was signed. Kyle Davidson was pretty affirmative, though, during the offseason, or I should say heading into this season, that the Hawks were not going to have a captain this year. They want to respect the job that Jonathan Taves did and find the next leader for this Hawks team. There was some thought that it could be Seth Jones once last year ended. Or maybe Connor Murphy. That was before they landed the rights for Connor Bedard. Then they did. Then Kyle Davidson and Luke Richardson basically said, we're not having a captain this year. But now how does Nick Felino's presence here change things? I'm sure the Hawks envisioned Connor Bedard possibly, and probably being the future captain of this team, but would you make him the captain with Nick Felino on this team? Do you make Nick Foligno the captain and then, after a couple of years, hand it to Connor Bedard? Just think about it. Jonathan Taves was the captain at 19 years old, and some people have said that it's not like he was really the captain. I mean, Brent Seabrook was the older, more experienced, more vocal guy in the room, but he also understood the situation of where Taves could take that team. Clearly, that was the right move by the Hawks at that time. And these are things that are entertaining, interesting, and fun to talk about. But in in a hockey locker room, in a hockey group, you're going to have more than one leader. But it's also nice to hear Nick Foligno say, whether he's wearing the C or not, that doesn't change who he is in the locker room on the ice. And I think only a former captain can say something like that because he understands that, yeah, it's your job to lead, but it's a lot of other guys' jobs to lead, too. And maybe it's not so much about only one guy having a voice, but one guy having a voice at certain times. Mackenzie Entwistle has said that that was one of Jonathan Tave's great strengths. He allowed a lot of the younger guys in the dressing room to feel comfortable speaking up. So hopefully that can continue, whether it's Nick Foligno, whether it's Connor Bedard, whether it's whomever. Kyle Davidson kind of reassured the fact that this team won't talk about a captain until the offseason. He chatted with the media during the first intermission in Saturday's game against Dallas. We'll talk about that before the 7.30 news. Again, Colin Blackwell joining us after the 7.30 news. But right now it's time for the Q Shot, brought to you by Curveball Whiskey. It is Boris Kachuk's Blackhawks' lone goal from Saturday. Pavelski spins it around. Near point, picked off by Sanford. Into the star zone, down the slot. He deeks and shoots! Cypherman scores! Boris Kachuk! Following up now on the rebound. Big bow lifted it in behind Ottinger. And the Hawks draw first blood. They lead the Stars 1-0. Cue the shot is brought to you by Curveball, the original barbecue whiskey. Join the Bonehead Nation today at CurveballWhiskey.com. That's Curveball with a K, K-U-R-V-B-A-L-L, whiskey. 
com. They were kind enough to send us some stuff last week. Jack Heinrich and I tried it out. It really is like a barbecue-infused whiskey. You can drink it straight. You can turn it into a drink like a Bloody Mary, maybe an old-fashioned. I'm sure it'd be good to throw in some brisket and on the slow cooker, too, but... Uh, We'll leave it up to the experts to determine exactly what to use with it. Boris Kachuk scoring the Blackhawks' only goal on Saturday, unfortunately, has kind of been a trend for this team, where they only get one goal, but they put up a pretty solid 60 minutes against a tough opponent. However, that's resulted in three losses in their last three games. We'll talk about that, we'll talk about Kyle Davidson, and we'll get you set up for the Colin Blackwell interview as well. Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN. Hope you're staying warm out there, Chicago. Just another couple of days of this Arctic blast. And then we'll get into a balmy low 30s. Looks like it's going to rain next week. I don't mean to get too much into the weather category here, but maybe that'll wash out a whole bunch of the snow and ice that we've been dealing with. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN. Hawks next game against the San Jose Sharks tomorrow. That's Tuesday night. That begins a back-to-back. They'll be in Buffalo on Wednesday Talking with John Hansen before this show, and he brought up a point I didn't realize. The Hawks have two more home games this week, and then they're not home again until early February because, again, they play Buffalo right after the San Jose game. They're hosting the New York Islanders on Friday, and then the following week, the last week before the All-Star break, is their Western Canada trip. The Hawks are going to be in Vancouver, Seattle, Edmonton, and Calgary. Then the All-Star break hits. And then the Hawks will play almost every game in the month of February at home. Obviously, the exciting one being hosting the Red Wings and retiring Chris Chelios' number 7. And that'll be on February 25th. Patrick Kane's return to the United Center. Red Wings have been playing better as of late, too. Side note. And uh, who knows, maybe Connor Bedard will return for his first game on that day. That'd be cool, but I think the most important thing is to make sure Connor Bedard is all right. Jack Heinrich is our producer. He's also our reporter for all the games at the United Center. And uh, he was grabbing sound from Kyle Davidson during the first intermission on Saturday against the Dallas Stars because Kyle Davidson just had a little State of the Union uh, addressing the media almost near the halfway point. Well, I guess it was at past the halfway point. I keep forgetting we're past 41 games now, but uh, care to summarize things, Jack? Yeah, I mean, it was basically what you said. It was kind of just a halfway point update, and he asked, he had a few things, just like an, a Bedard update, but it was a lot about the future is what he was asked about. He talked for about 16 minutes. Um, he he was over at the World Juniors, um, and he really liked how a lot of the Hawks prospects performed there, and he he did say, I thought the biggest thing was that he scouted at least the top 15 to 20 picks in the draft next year. Heard that, yeah. And they might have two high picks with that Tampa pick too. Um so he's getting out there and he's he's trying to trying to scout a lot and uh he was talking about all the draft capital. I think Scott Powers from the Athletic asked him about all the draft capital and what he's thinking about it and he goes, "Well, he's like it gives us a lot of flexibility and I'm just paraphrasing and uh to set him up for the future and they they can stock. I mean, they're going to scout a lot because they can get a lot of. They're going to have a lot of draft picks. So, um, a lot on the future. He likes how everybody's been playing um, down on, down for the prospects. And then it, it was funny. The funny moment was they asked him when they they were getting in. All the Hawks players were having like one guy get hurt that stretch on that road trip. One player hurt at least a game, and 
he said, yeah, he was over in Sweden for the World Junior. So he said that was a lot of getting up in the middle of the night trying to figure out the roster crunch oh, wow. and trying not to try not to bleed out Rockford. And he's like, you still want to keep them competitive and develop, but he's like, we're trying to figure it out. So he's like, there's a lot of like getting up in the middle of the night trying to figure out what to do with the roster when he was over at the World Juniors. That brings up a good point because Troy mentioned this during the post game show after Saturday's loss to Dallas, and you know he's been having to get really creative and really crafty with filling a lot of needs for the Hawks right now with so many guys going down on injury reserve, just one after another. So they pick up Rem Pitlick, they pick up Jacob Megna, Zach Sanford, and really those are guys that can just help fill the role for right now. Like you don't have a ton of time to think about, all right, who's the best fit here? Because a lot of those guys aren't available right now. They're playing with teams, so you're really looking at other organizations that don't have room for certain guys, and you try to provide that. We've mentioned it before. Davidson seems to be seems to have a very good track record with that type of thing. Uh, Jason Dickinson might replace Connor Bedard in the All-Star game this year in Toronto. And I mean, that's a third-line center. I mean, granted, the Hawks have been using that third line to start a lot of games because they've been the most productive. They've been the best spark plug available. But Jason Dickinson, only the only guy... I'm sorry, the only guy ahead of him is Connor Bedard in terms of goals scored with 14. He's he's taken quite a turn. He wasn't even on this team at the beginning of last year. Right. That was a guy that Kyle Davidson went and found. Uh, but an, another thing, Jack, that you bring up, I think it's great reminder, boy, do the Hawks still have a lot of great draft capital. Two first-round picks this year, like you said. And think about it, they had the first overall and the 19th overall last year. And they ended up getting the guy that they wanted if they... You know, maybe had like a, a eight or nine pick in Oliver Moore. Yeah, I think he was. I think Davidson was trying to move up, and teams yes. wouldn't, teams wouldn't let him. Yes, and he ended up getting him anyway. So, and I heard what Davidson had to say, just how he thinks it's important to show the scouts that he's he's out there in the trenches mm-hmm. looking at these guys as well. Uh, but two first round picks for this upcoming year, two first round picks for the following year. Again, that comes from the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Peter Mrazek trade. Three second-round picks this upcoming year. Two third-round picks. So, yeah, there's there's a ton of flexibility, ton of availability. I know it's different because once the Hawks landed Bedard, everyone's thinking, okay, like this is going to be a fun NHL team right. right now, and clearly it's not quite there yet. But, again, it's just a good reminder to to show what the Hawks have in their system and, and ahead. So, uh, Colin Blackwell is a guy the Hawks picked up a couple of years ago. Almost the same type of situation. Figured he'd be a good fit, good hardworking guy for this Blackhawks team that doesn't have a lot of room for other guys. Or I should say does have room for guys that might not have the opportunity on other teams. He has taken advantage of every single opportunity this year since returning from his injury. We'll talk to him next after Steve Ruxton's news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom here on Blackhawks Live. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live on WGN Radio. We're talking with Blackhawks forward Colin Blackwell. And Colin is... Is this the best hockey you've played in your life? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, my play over the years, I think it's changed depending on what team I played in and kind of what role I've had. Um, I think maybe when I played in New York, I had a little bit more offensive game and I had some good spurts um, when I played in Seattle too. But right now, I think for me, it's not necessarily playing well or anything along those lines. It's just uh, trying to stay healthy and for the first time in a long time, kind of feeling healthy when I'm out there. And I think... Um, honestly, that's the most important thing for me. And I think when you feel healthy uh, and you feel good out there and you're not overthinking things about uh, maybe stuff that has set you back in the past, it allows me to just kind of open up my game a little bit. What about just coming to the rink every day and like 
totally being ready to give 100%. Like, have you ever been in that kind of groove before? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I've gotten to this point. Um, to be honest, I, uh, I, I believe in work, and I think if you put in the work, uh, good things will happen. And um, for me, it's... Um, you know, I, I kind of see around the room we have some young guys, and I think maybe some people can see that that, that work and maybe have it rub off on them. Um, whether it's practice, um, you know, showing up to the rink earlier, staying a little bit later, just doing some of the little things, um, and also just taking care of your body, knowing that when you're 30 years old plus in the NHL, your body wasn't necessarily meant to play uh, this game for that long. So to the, the maintenance it takes and um, the diligence it takes in order to kind of stay uh, healthy throughout the course of an 80-game season is uh, pretty important too. So, um, you know, it all, all comes back to having the discipline and work. Comparing last year to this year, what you went through, your injury, do you feel like it was more significant than you maybe thought at the time because of how well you're adapting this year and how many setbacks you had to deal with before? Um, you know, I think last year it was disappointing, obviously a disappointing year. I didn't think I had a great year. Um, but I look back, I, I did have a lot of opportunities to score, and ultimately I just I didn't. Um, and I think uh, I kind of got into a little bit of a groove where all of a sudden I wasn't necessarily scoring, and all of a sudden I was you know playing five games, getting scratched, and you, you know you start gripping the stick a little bit more, and knowing when you're gonna. Uh, when you make a mistake, you're probably going to be coming out of the lineup. And I just kind of said to myself this year, um, can't really have that mentality. Kind of got to go back to, um, you know, not being afraid to to make a mistake. And also, um, you know, injuries last year. Um, for the most part, it, it, you know, it's a, that's what happens over the course of an 82-game season. Um, you get little stuff that kind of lingers or nicks, and I think um, just my mentality has kind of changed uh, Change this year, um, different kind of approach, knowing that uh, no matter what happens, whether I was healthy at the beginning of the season or not, I was going to come in with a, a different mindset, a different approach, and um, try to you know kind of have that rub off on maybe some other guys uh, along the way. But I mean, you're doing a great job of taking advantage of opportunities and not letting those mistakes fall. How fulfilling is that? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think I, uh, I think over the course of time, when you miss, you know, ten months of hockey, and I get to watch, but also, um, over, I think I, I got to watch our team for, you know, twenty-five games last year and thirty games this year. Um, you look at stuff from a different perspective, and then also over the summer, kind of just being here by myself, um, grinding it out for a long period of time. I think you have a lot of time to reflect and uh, look at things from a different perspective. So for me to know I was going to kind of come into the season with a different mindset and uh, no matter um, you know how well it went or you know statistically if things weren't going your way or going your way it's just kind of that same mindset and, uh, you know put the work boots on and get to work and um, you know good things will happen and you know last year I thought I did do that but I think I got frustrated and I, I think um, you know, I, I didn't do a good job at, uh, you know, necessarily um, dealing with that frustration. And I think um, this year, you know, you look at some of the younger guys, knowing that maybe some of that stuff can rub off, um, you know, whether it's body language or, you know, self-talk, stuff along those lines. we got some young kids that, you know, see, uh, look up to maybe a 30-year-old. And um, maybe I, I didn't necessarily um, realize that because I was struggling last year. And this year I just um, made a, a commitment to making sure that, um, you know, 
you, you're you're doing the right things um, all always, um, and I didn't necessarily waver from that last year. But um, I think uh, just knowing that we have so many young guys, and, and knowing that uh, you know, no matter what happens, we have to you know be positive here because uh, you know I think we're pretty close. We we've had a couple games here where we just got to find uh, the back of the net a few times, and I, I think we can able uh, to cheer each other on in order to kind of get the the ship moving forward. Talk with Colin Blackwell here on Blackhawks Live. Earlier this year, you were talking about all that adversity that you had to deal with and how much you relied on family and how beneficial they were to you. What's it like now kind of soaking in the rewards of all that right now with them? Yeah, no, it's awesome. I think uh, being able to have the in-laws in Wisconsin, um, so they're not too far away, being able to get to come to games and... um, you know, hopefully my parents being able to come to some games uh, sometime here in uh, you know February when we have that long home stretch, and then um, you know obviously my my wife uh, um, you know being able to to come to games now as opposed to watching uh, with each other on on the couch. Um, it's definitely fun, and it, it's definitely um, you know everything's kind of perspective. This is uh, something that you know I, I really get to enjoy the moment with them, and then also um, you know they were there for me when uh, you know things were pretty tough and pretty dark, and um, you know. When you're you're riding the roller coaster of a of a hockey career, it's fun to, to you know f- you know see some of the the fruits of your labor and uh, share it with them. So it's it's been pretty uh, gratifying, and uh, I'm grateful for those people that have always stuck by me. How's married life? It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, it's definitely uh, you know with all this cold weather this past week, it's been nice to kind of just get a little bit of time from some of those road trips and and relax a little bit and hang out with people that uh, like I said have have kind of stuck with me and uh, throughout the the thick and the thin. Aside from the cliche, you know, being in front of all your friends and family, but what was the coolest part of the wedding? Yeah, I mean, I would say, um, obviously, um, yeah, you said friends and family. I think uh, the location that we got it done at was uh, just something that growing up uh, pretty close to a major city, um, I was never really an outdoorsy person. So to kind of have that uh, in Colorado and kind of in the mountains and um, share that with, you know, the closest people in my life was, uh, was pretty special. A lot of cool pictures, I'm assuming. Yeah, very cool <laughs> pictures. So it's something that, yeah, we will have uh, for the rest of our lives. And it's, um, it seems like it's, it was so long ago, but um, it's been um, awesome just to kind of get you know some the video back, the pictures back, and periodically get some stuff back. It's, uh, it's definitely something that uh, we'll, uh, we'll have the pictures forever. You mentioned last week about keeping receipts, and obviously that that was significant in, in your playing career, and maybe even just your mental state. What? What did you learn about yourself when you had to see things like that, you know, people kind of trying to bring you down? Uh, I just kind of laughed, to be honest with you, because uh, I just, uh, I think there's a lot of people maybe in this, uh, it's not even just hockey, but sports and stuff that uh, they have a platform, but yet they don't do the research on the person that they're, uh, um, you know, preaching about. So if you knew anything about me and my hockey history and kind of what I've gone through and how many years I've taken off and, you know, how I started uh, on an AHL contract, league minimum, and here I am, uh, I think, uh, yeah, just a lot of people don't really know much about me or kind of how I've climbed the ladder to get here. So it kind of makes me chuckle and shake my head a little bit. Um, but it's uh, kind of been everywhere I've gone, a lot of different cities. Uh, just, you know, everybody's got a platform nowadays and get to say what they want, but they uh, don't necessarily uh, have much idea what they're talking about. So uh, for me, what I learned is that uh, if you don't believe in yourself, then nobody's really going to believe in you, and that's kind of what I've stuck by kind of my whole life. Um, I think my dad kind of taught me that because you're never going to please everybody. Um, and, yeah, if you don't uh, believe in yourself, I mean, if I... If I didn't believe myself, I would have given up a long time ago, what all these people say. So um, it's been good to, to kind of 
Um, not a betting person, but uh, I bet on myself, and you know I've done that a handful of times now and come up on top. So going to keep doing that for the rest of the way. Lastly, with your hardworking mentality that you bring every day, it just seems like when you succeed out there, when you pick up a goal, when you pick up an assist, it, it, your excitement level is just turned up another notch. And I feel like that can be very contagious for this team because they see how you get there and then the reward of it. I mean, do you, th- do you think that's a thing or is that overthinking it? Um, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, maybe. Um, I definitely, uh, growing up, I mean, look at some of the best goal scorers in the in the world and you look at Ovechkin, you look at, uh, you know, Austin Matthews, like uh, it's hard to score in this league. So when you can score and, and celebrate and show some emotion, it's, uh, I think it's pretty cool. And I, I think, uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, right now our team's you know finding a hard time to, to find the back of the net. Um, so I think um, you know you look at Jason Dickinson. I think he's been our most complete player throughout the course of the season and our best player. And you know he works and does everything right, and he's getting rewarded for it and uh, finding the back of the net. And I think you know that's just uh, kind of what the culture should be here. Is you look at somebody like him. And you do what he does, and you'll get rewarded for it. And believing in that, um, so that's not cutting quarters, that's not cheating, that's you know, showing up, putting in the work, uh, practice days before and after, and um, you know that's uh, that's kind of what the uh, you know model hockey c- citizen, you know. So I think uh, when you put in the work, um, good things will happen. Colin, thanks a lot, man. You're an easy guy to root for. We'll uh, we'll let you get undressed so you can get get on with the rest of your day. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We'll have more Blackhawks Live 720 WGN. Last stop of Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. I'm Joe Brand. Our producer is Jack Heinrich. The Blackhawks' next opponent, the San Jose Sharks, tomorrow at the United Center. Then they hit the road to Buffalo. Then they're back home on Friday against the New York Islanders. And then they wrap up the month of January with a road trip out west to Vancouver, Seattle, Edmonton, and Calgary. The Hawks currently on a three-game skid, and I've said before, they're not in a position to look at the schedule and start penciling in wins or losses. But clearly, San Jose is having a very rough year. They're the only team below the Hawks in the standings. They have lost, I think, 13 out of their last 14 games. Uh, just recently ended a 12-game losing skid. No, make that 14-15. to 15. They lost today, I think, a 3 nothing shutout to Nashville. But... Um, I'd expect Arvid Sutterbloom to be in net. I'd expect the Hawks to continue this solid 60 minutes of work, hopefully more than a goal, and they can pick up a win and end this losing skid and head into Buffalo on the right foot. Our producer, Jack Heinrich, also takes a look around the league and comes to us every week with a few headlines and stories. So, Jack Heinrich, the floor is yours. All right, so you mentioned the Hawks are going to Edmonton next week, and they are one of the hottest teams in the NHL. We just saw them last week uh, at the United Center. They've won 10 straight. That's a franchise record for them. And after their terrible start, they're now fourth in their division, and they're 20-6 and six after making a coaching change. So we're catching them at the wrong time here. But t- <laughs> you make the, the – they were, had very high expectations and didn't perform, and now they're looking like that team we all thought they were at the beginning of the year. The Hawks have played Edmonton twice this year. Both times, they've been on a seven-game winning streak. <laughs> and yeah, it, it it's one of those weird things where the coaching change just does wonders. We've seen what happened with a lot of teams this year. Yeah. Happened for Minnesota, that's kind of fizzled out. Uh, it happened with St. Louis. Uh, it clearly happened with Edmonton. But also, the Oilers are just such a, a talented team. You almost wonder if that's, this was just bound to happen, but it, it is crazy. I feel like it's 
it's more significant in the NHL than any other sport. Maybe baseball. I mean, the Phillies yeah, went to a the little World bit. Series after letting go uh, Joe Girardi. But yeah, it's just it's just a a heavy shakeup in the dressing room, and and it results have shown so. I mean, don't be surprised if you continue to see this trend with teams that head into the year with high expectations and don't get off to a good start because they're in desperate need of shaking up anything to go on a cup run. Yeah, it seems like a a wake-up call for a lot of teams. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. They kind of just pick it up. Maybe they're going through the motions and whatnot. But, yeah, Oilers hot. Uh, You said Hawks there, what, next Thursday? Um, So we'll see if they still got... The streak going. Uh, a couple injury notes. Patrick Kane, he left the Red Wings game yesterday against the Maple Leafs. Still waiting for an update. He's played really good, almost a point per game uh, with the Wings. And then Trevor Zegras of the Ducks broke his ankle last week. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. So He's on the same timeline as Bedard, basically. Yeah, and yeah. it's. I mean, they both had the lacrosse goal the same day, and now yeah. they're both on the same injury. So that's tough for two young stars. So, uh, yeah, the injury bug biting some other teams now. We know the Hawks are getting a little bit healthier, but the injury bug hurting some other teams. I forgot about the Kane news because, man, what a what a week it's been for the state of Michigan. Right. Um, but yesterday I was watching the Red Wings-Leafs game, and thank you to the Red Wings for saving my gambling day after a, a rough uh, Packers-Cowboys showing. Oh, I had a rough one there, too. <laughs> uh, I, I just thought, you know, the, the Wings are playing well. Toronto's good, but they lost to the Hawks at home. So, you know, what's stopping Detroit from picking up a road victory, and uh, came back from a one-goal deficit and ended up winning by two. There was an empty netter, but yeah, Kane leaving that game, um, you hope he's fine. He's been a nice little addition to them. And uh, the Zegras news, yeah, again, same timeline as Bedard. It's just kind of crazy, too, the two future faces of the NHL both going down at the same time. And I mentioned this before about Bedard's injury and what kind of an impact it'll have on him possibly winning the Calder Trophy. Because uh, I forgot that Connor McDavid didn't win the Calder Trophy. Artemi Panarin did that right. year. And it was because, not because, but a factor of it was Connor McDavid had a collarbone injury, I believe. So he missed a big chunk of time. Um, so if it's written in the stars for Bedard to win it, great. If not, not going to be a, a total downer on his entire career there's plenty of other awards he can win f- throughout his what hopefully will be a hall of fame career for Connor bedard yeah definitely so and then speaking of the red wings this is kind of more of a fun one uh jake wallman earlier this year i think it was a game-winning goal he hit the gritty after they're giving away a gritty bobblehead i saw that and the arms move <laughs> um and i think that is i have the date it's sunday the 21st so this upcoming Sunday, so I, I thought that was kind of cool. It, like the bobblehead bobbles, but then the arms also move. Yeah, kind of a fun giveaway. I don't, I don't love giving so much kudos to the Red Wings right now. Yeah, it's the, tough. <laughs> they, I, they're they're a fun team, and then they're they're fun to watch, and they're just exciting. And yeah, I thought that was a, a great move by the Red Wings marketing firm. Um, it's funny because the Kane County Cougars, where I do games. Dontrell Willis was a Kane County right. Cougar, and I, if hockey fans don't remember Dontrell Willis, he had this huge high leg kick in his delivery. He was a pitcher, and the Cougars gave out a bobble leg rather than oh, a really? bobble head. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's he's got a smaller body, and it, but his his leg is up in the air, and yeah, it's the second the from the knee down. It just, that's what bobbles. So that's what it reminded me of. But uh, yeah, that that was cool because once he hit that game winner, and he does the gritty. 
Um, got a rise out of his teammates as well, and it's just it's good for hockey. I think it's fun. I don't think it's showboating. I think it's just celebrate. And actually, I, I did want to bring up this argument before, and I know we're kind of running out of time, but you know, so many baseball players get flack for bat flips. Yeah, and they all do. That. Unwritten but, rules. But I mean, th- just think about it in the sense of a hockey player scoring a goal or a game-winning goal, like. Hockey is the most unwritten rule sport there is. There's a million things you can't do in hockey, or you're going to get your teeth knocked in, or your, your bell rung, or something like that. Yet, when a hockey player scores a goal, they can celebrate however they want. They can ride the stick. They can shoot an arrow into the air. I guess Fernando Rodney did that for the baseball right. side of things. But <laughs> you know, so what's so bad about somebody throwing a bat in the air when that's going on in hockey, which is Again, I think still probably behind the times on a couple of things, but not individual celebration, that's for sure. No, that's a good point. I like that. And and I think it's impressive on skates because, I mean, yeah. I can't dance with and, and I can't skate. So, it's, I mean, that's <laughs> 0 for 2 there. So right, we were, This is also the segment where Jack <laughs> brings up his biggest insecurities on WGN Radio. Yeah, Anything just, else you want to clear the air with, Jack? Nope, that was, that was good. Maybe <laughs> maybe next week we'll dive in <laughs> no more. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I I just thought that was a fun giveaway that the the Red Wings are doing. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And you know, teams teams are getting more creative with that kind of stuff and, and doing a better job of it um, because I think those little things you got to celebrate and you got to have fun with, and it, it it kind of opens the room, opens the area for players to be more creative and be more personable and and have more fun. And again, I don't think it's ruining the game or it's you know. Um, disgraceful or, or disrespectful it's it's just a, a way to have more fun yeah I'll, I'll make sure not to talk about the red wings next week since we gave them a five minutes here yeah if we can get a list of your biggest fears and yeah. uh, all the things you regret in your life then... yeah that'll fill that'll fill 10 minutes <laughs> easy <laughs> you can be our guest next week there we go <laughs> we'll make ourselves safe to make sure we don't lose one that's Jack Heinrich. He's our producer. He's our reporter. He does everything for us and does a great job doing it. Uh, big thanks to Colin Blackwell. Big thanks to the Blackhawks. Again, the next game against the San Jose Sharks is tomorrow. Beginning of a back-to-back. Clocks will be in Buffalo on Wednesday. You can catch that game and every game right here on 720 WGN. A big thanks to you, the listener, and we will talk to you tomorrow night when the Hawks visit the San Jose Sharks. This has been Blackhawks Live.